Good Monday morning to you. I am Chris, creator, the host of Encouraging Your Spirit podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. We'll get started with our Monday morning uh, new podcast episode. Uh, we're talking about only believe is what we're talking about today. And I heard this song on the way to work. Um, I just was looking for something to listen to as I rode into work today. And I heard this song, so I don't own the, the rights of this song. I'm going to play just a few minutes of it because I think it's like an hour. Um, and I'm not going to play the entirety of it, but I'll play it and then we'll get started. Thanks.
Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us to see it. We thank you for all the beauty that's around us, in us, and within us. Thank you, oh God, that you delight in each and every one of us. We thank you for your love that is infinite and surrounds us, that you are with us always. We just thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your kindness, compassion, and grace. Help us today. Whatever our tasks are, we whatever's on our mind, we cast every care before you with an attitude and expectancy and a knowing that you hear us, that you see us, that you are with us and for us, and that you will provide everything that is needed. In Jesus' name, amen. How y'all doing today? I hope y'all are having a fantastic morning thus far. Like I said, I heard that song on the ride in and I knew I was going to record today. And I thought, well, that, that goes with it. I like God will work it out. Now, the part where it says, one thing I found, one thing I know, God will work it out. I love that. Especially the part where it says, be still and know the lenient part, you know. Because oftentimes when you think about uh, life circumstances or in general, sometimes, you know, I often think of uh, Pastor Danny Thomas, an unfit Christian, which has a, she had a post some time ago that was talking about a hymn. And I can't remember the hymn, but she was saying, God, I know you're willing, but are you able? And just thinking about just the knowing or how no matter what it is that we're facing, when you're thinking about the concept of all of those things, the key, I believe, or at least the lesson the, the deep reflection is believing. And uh, last night I was thinking about what I would uh, talk about in our podcast today in the scripture, Mark 5, 21 through 24 came to my mind and heart. Uh, so when you get time, read it, you know, uh, later, uh, but I'm going to read uh, some parts of it uh, to you. It says, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee in a boat. It landed at the other side. There was a large, uh, crowd gathered around him. Then a man named Jairus came. He was a synagogue ruler. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged Jesus. He begged Jesus, please come. My little daughter is dying. Place your hands on her to heal her and then she will leave, live. Excuse me. So Jesus went with him. Then um, uh, Mark 5, 35 through 36 says, while um a lot of things happen in this scripture because it's a long scripture. If you look at 21 to 24, it literally goes down from 21 through uh, 50. So I'm skipping parts. So the first part I read you was 21 through 24. Uh, and then uh, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus. He was a synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother Jesus, the teacher anymore? But Jesus didn't listen to them. He told Jairus, the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. And that's Mark 5 through 35 to 36. Now, in the middle of the scripture of 24 through 35, there was a situation experienced with the woman with the issue of blood that had touched Jesus and uh, she was healed. And Jesus is in the crowd and says, who touched him? Now he's with the disciples and the disciples are like, how, how are you going to ask who touched you in this crowd? Because literally there were crowds of, of people. They had been, you know, the context, the background uh, of, of this time of what was going on is, you know, people are hearing about Jesus and uh, the miracles uh, that are happening with people in healing. And so now uh, when Jesus shows up places, there are crowds. So that's the background uh, part. So when we skip those parts in the middle between 24 to 35, 36, that's what's happened. So 
as we continue on after 36, you know, together they continued toward the house of Jairus. When they got there, the mourners were wailing and weeping. But Jesus asked them while, while this commotion and wailing, the child is not dead but asleep. The, mo the mourners uh, turned into scoffers, laughing and making fun of Jesus. Undeterred, Jesus went into the house and took with him Jairus, uh, Jairus's wife, Peter, James, and John. Um, and that's from Luke 8, 51. That's what they said. Jesus entered the room where Jairus's daughter lay. He took the dead girl by the hand and said, Talita kum, which means, uh, little girl, I say to you, rise. And immediately the girl's spirit returned and she got up and began walking around. Everyone was completely astonished. Literally, they were removed from a standing position or as we might say, they were floored or thrown for a loop. Jesus then uh, commanded Jairus to give his daughter something to eat, but not to tell anyone about the miracle. We think about the context of what's going on, you know, at this time, or who Jairus was. Jairus was the leader of a synagogue. Synagogues were the buildings where the Jewish people meant to study God's word and worship God. Not necessarily the same, at least that's what they say when you look at uh, uh, commentaries as the temple. But, you know, Jewish people still meet in various places to worship. I'm not sure where, so I, I couldn't really tell you. Um, I think commentary wise, or when you look up scriptures or, or meanings of scripture, they're trying to, to show similarities between a church and a synagogue. I do not know. So I, I don't know if, if that's necessarily what they wrote is is, is accurate <laughs> representation and true. But I do know that uh, there are, I've met, uh, if you remember on the podcast, uh, um, we did a podcast about a book and his name uh, uh, slips my mind. But one of the faith conversations is a person um, that converted to uh, Jewish faith. Um, so my point was people were trying to talk about in the commentaries or at least in the explanation of the, of the synagogue versus the church or trying to say, hey, you know, synagogues, they're churches. I think that's ultimately the point. As a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus would take care of the building and choose which people would participate in the services. He uh, would have been very well known and respected. Jairus was an important Jewish leader, but now, you know, the commentaries or at least the contextual parts of, of, of explaining this uh uh, scripture and who he was are saying, hey, he's helpless, which I mean, I think in in, in everyday uh, terms, if we think about today, if, no matter if you're a synagogue leader or not, if you're a parent or your loved one is dying or sick, I would see how that could make you feel helpless. Um, it's also interesting to note that the daughter of Jairus was 12 years old, which is the same number of years as the woman in the crowd has suffered from her infirmity, uh, you know, the person of me that loves patterns and looking for where have we seen that before? That's always interesting to me. Also, Jesus called the woman he healed daughter. The only time he called an individual that amid the many references to Jairus's daughter in the same narrative. Um, and it's said that the story of Jairus in the Bible is really a miracle within a miracle. Two daughters and two stretches of a dozen years because 12, you know, that's what it talks about. 
So when Jesus stopped on his way to Jairus' house to speak to the woman in the crowd, they were talking about how Jesus allowed time pass and that Jesus was not worried about Jairus' daughter dying. Why would Jesus be worried about the daughter dying? I know they really read that, but I think what they're trying to talk about is how oftentimes when we look at miracles or not just miracles, but we look at the scripture and, and I think about like um it, it, the story of uh, Jesus uh, raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, time had passed. He grieved with, with Mary and Martha, even though Jesus knew that Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. I think about that in terms of the fact that, you know, there are many things going on in in, in experiences uh, in these scriptures or in our life, but Jesus is unbothered, if you will, because Jesus knows what's going to happen next. And I think when it's contextually, you know, and they're writing about it, they're saying, hey, you know, Jesus, you know, wasn't worried because Jesus knew all along that uh, Jesus was going to heal uh, Jairus' daughter, even if it meant raising her from the dead. Um, and they were talking about how, you know, if, if you look at the woman of, of uh, who had the issue of blood, you know, Jesus stops to care for the woman in the crowd who reached out to him in faith and Jairus, um, undoubtedly possibly felt the urgency in his uh, situation and probably chafed at what he saw as a delay. That's what they said when they write about the scripture. I don't know. We don't know what their feelings were at that time. But, excuse me, I think we could probably think about that too because somewhere in the middle of that scripture earlier when uh, Jesus was speaking, um, some people came from the house and was like, hey, why bother Jesus? Your daughter did. You know, that's not necessarily... Um, um, that's not exactly helpful or kind, but they're, you know, telling him what has happened. Yet I think ultimately, uh, you know, possibly what Jairus learned at that time was that God's timing and purpose is not like ours. Sometimes, you know, it's patience, uh, is required from us. Sometimes we're waiting longer than we think is rational, you know? But what does that mean by life today in, in present context? Two terms that I believe are central to our text for today are belief and faith. And I've been thinking how they are intrinsically uh, connected. For example, um, two places. Four chapters later, Mark 9, uh, there's a scripture that talks about all things are possible uh, to him who believes. I might be paraphrasing. Also, there's a book um, I've been reading on and off over time, and I'll, I reread it. It's called uh, In Christ with the School of Prayer by Andrew Murray. Uh, and in it, I was looking, uh, reading through and the connection to believe. And he was writing in terms of that scripture, you know, all things are possible to him to believe. I think that relates to present day uh what this means for our life today is believing that we've received or believing that the miracle will happen or believing in that context. And so um, he was saying that the word is of central importance, uh, which is the meaning is too often um, mis misunderstood. Because oftentimes when it comes to believing, me, you, us humans, we put qualifiers on that term. That you, you get this or this will only happen if, and we put all these other things, but with with spirit, with Jesus, it just is. Um, <clears throat> so in the context of believing, 
Andrew Murray is talking about in the context of prayer. Yet I believe that whether it's prayer or whether it's, you know, we're talking with Jesus in present time in the scripture and Jesus is here, there in the terms of with, with Jairus or in the terms with the disciples or in the terms with the woman with the issue of blood, blood, where Jesus is, is not necessarily the point. The point is believe it. At least that's what I think. But what I liked about thinking about this in terms of what it means for our life today is, is Andrew writes, it may only be later that me, you, us have an impersonal uh, experience that you'll see what you believe. But now without seeing you are to believe that it has been given to you. Well, I think if this in terms of believing that you're going to get what it is that you're asking of God. For example, uh, Andrew writes, I believe that Jesus is in heaven is for me. So I receive or take him when I come as a supplicant for any special gift, which is according to the words that God has said. Me, you, us believe that what we have asked for, what we're believing for will be given to us. We then believe that we have it. We hold it in faith and, I, and we thank God that it is ours. If we know that Abba Spirit God hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions which we have asked of Jesus or God. So when you think about like this in terms of like the Old Testament, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> God only knows when everything in us uh, and around us is fully ripe for the manifestation of blessing that has been given uh, in faith. For example, Elijah knew certain that the rain would come because God had promised it, yet Elijah prayed seven times. And that prayer was no show or play, an intense spiritual reality in the heart of him who lay pleading there and in the heaven above where it had its effectual work to do. It is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. So I was thinking about that in terms of, you know, this woman and the issue of blood. We didn't talk about it, but that's the, the story in the middle. This had absolute faith that, you know, what if I just touch Jesus, I'll be healed. Jairus is coming to, to Jesus in the beginning saying, hey, if you just place your hands on my daughter, I know she will be healed. Think about that. It is the absolute, con you know, a confidence that it will happen. Faith uh, says most confidently, I have received it. Patient perseveres in prayer until the gift bestowed in heaven is seen on earth. Believe that you have received and you shall have. I believe, even though these are they're separate subjects, I think thematically they connect. That's what I think. Um, and remember one thing more, Jesus is, is saying, you know, uh, fulfilling the promise. And uh, also, there's one thing that make well, there's one thing that must make us strong and full of hope, and it is Jesus who has brought us this message of faith, this message of believing uh, from the Father. Because when Jesus was on earth and lived the life of faith in prayer, it was when the disciples expressed their surprise at what Jesus had done. For example, when we took think about the fig tree, go back and read that story when you have time. Because in the context of the fig tree, Jesus told them the very same life that Jesus led, they could lead. And they could command the fig tree 
and the mountain to obey. And Jesus is our life. All he was on earth, Jesus is in us now. All Jesus teaches, Jesus really gives. Think about that. Because Jesus himself is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He gives the spirit of faith. Let us not be afraid that such faith is not meant for us. It is meant for every child of the Father, which is all of us. It is within reach of each one of us who will yield themselves uh, and believe. And, and that's what I was thinking that was important. That's why I was trying to predict it. So I hope that that um, makes sense in terms of thinking about faith, believing, and uh, what it means for our present day life. I like this prayer. So I want you to think about that this way. You know, I know I've talked about a lot of, of, uh, of topics today. I was telling you about Jairus. I was telling you about the woman, the issue of blood. And I was telling you four chapters later about uh, all things are possible to him that believes. Because I really do think the deeper question for today is what are you believing for? In terms of our life or just in terms of you or in terms of who God is for you? I think the answers to those questions are really important. The prayer that was uh, at the the uh, that was in that book was uh, wonderful, and I wanted to share it with you today. It says, "Lord, teach us to pray." Blessed Lord, you did come from the Father to show us all His love and all the treasures of blessing that love is waiting to bestow. Lord, you have this day again flung the gates so wide open and given us such promises as to our liberty in prayer that we must blush that our poor hearts have so little taken it in. It has been too large for us to believe. Lord, we now look up to you to teach us to take and keep and use this precious word of yours. All things whatsoever you ask, believe that you have received. Blessed Jesus, it is yourself in whom our faith must be rooted if it is to grow strong. Your work has freed us wholly has opened the way to the Father. Your love is ever longing to bring us into the full fellowship of your glory and power. Your spirit is ever drawing us upward into a life of perfect faith and confidence. We are assured that in your teaching, we shall learn to pray, to pray the prayer of faith, to believe the words you say. You will train us to pray so that we believe and we that we receive, to believe that we really have what we ask. Lord, teach us to know, to trust, to love, to live, to abide in you. That all our prayers rise up and come before God in you, that our soul may have in you the insurance, that assurance that me, you, us, and I just wanted to share that with you. I thought that was an amazing prayer and I thought it connected to our lesson today as we think about only believe. Another way I heard about only believe was um, a couple of months, uh, not a couple of months, it feels like a couple of months, but the end of uh, July uh, for my birthday, I went to uh, Providence, uh, Rhode Island, and they had a jazz fest in uh, Newport. 
And I remember uh, they had jazz on three different stages. And so I'd never been to uh, Newport before. So figuring out, you know, who all was there. And then if you didn't like the one act, you could go hear another. And, you know, I had decided, you know, instead of sitting at the main stage, I would check out the other stages. And I found this one area and there was... Um, this one uh, stage to the side, and and I can't recall the name of the jazz group, but they're husband and wife, and uh, a uh, pianist, and at least two other people. I think they're coming to um, the City Winery in Chicago this Thursday. So you can Google that and figure out their correct name, because I'm not going to try to look them up. But they're a really great group, and I remember. Uh, she was singing only believe and the thing that was interesting about that group is that they mixed uh or infused if you will jazz and in um gospel so it was like, kind of like a, a contemporary encouraging worship experience but it wasn't necessarily traditional church or church or black church or it was just just a vibe or a feeling of connectivity to to spirit from everything their actual being it radiated joy it radiated faith it radiated believing and it didn't matter if they were singing secular or if they were singing you know when I say secular what people consider secular or if they were considering um uh, they were they were um, playing gospel music because they did have part of of, of their set where um, the pianist played uh, a gospel song. I want to say it was Jesus, you the center of my joy, and something else, but I can't remember. But it was so beautiful that it took you in. So no matter what it is that you believe or where you were in that moment in your life, it was really amazing and I don't even think the word amazing does it justice but I was thinking about that but toward the end of her set she sang a song that was like only believe that was encouraging you that no matter what it is that you were experiencing what you had going on the power of believing and I was thinking about that today as uh, and yesterday as I was preparing the lesson for today and thinking about you know Jairus in the sense of believing that, you know what, I'm seeing Jesus and I'm going to ask Jesus to heal my daughter. And I'm going to just believe uh, that 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 Jesus will do it. When you think about that in terms of Jairus' daughter and in the story that we didn't read that happened in the middle, the woman with the issue of blood, that level of believing that I know that if I just get to Jesus or if I just touch the hem of his garments or if I just believe here. Jesus will do it. And the fact that Jesus reminded the father after the, the people said, hey, don't bother the teacher. Jesus was like, hey, only believe. How powerful that is to believe. The level of trust that that takes to believe because oftentimes when we look at our life and circumstances that are around us, everything around us will say, hey, don't believe that. It ain't gonna happen. Or, you know, and just how we have to let go of that and continue to press forward, continue to believe no matter what. And I often think of the challenge in that is because we don't necessarily know the when that God will do what it is that we're believing for, or the fact that it may not happen in the context of the way that we think it's going to happen, yet it still will happen. And that's just what I was thinking about today. 
And I hope that wherever you find yourself today, I don't know, but I hope that you're continuing to believe no matter what. In my own life, I've had to believe when I did not see it, when none of the pieces or the ways that I thought it was or, or would be were present, but yet I still continue believing. Most recently, this past weekend, I was headed out to uh to go out of town to Columbus and and spend time with my wife and and possibly see some friends and I had some levels of apprehension because I was like oh I really want to go on this trip I really want to do this but I'm really concerned about you know finances because I was like I don't really know if I have enough and I remember something was in my spirit so well, why don't we try a different mindset that instead of trying to worry about do you have enough, let's believe that we we do have enough. Because the reality is we do. We do have enough. It's, it's the overnight trip. It's literally leaving in the evening of the day you're staying and you'll come back the next day. You do have enough. So it's not like believing for something that isn't there. It's just trusting that you can make good decisions and and, and that things will align and work out. And I watched, I did try that mindset and I watched as that really worked out. Jesus worked it out. And that's why I thought about this song about how God will work it out. And I know for some people that'll hear that, they'll be like, that's minutia. It's cool. There's room for all of it. Because I know there's some people that are believing for miracles. They relate to healing. They relate to doctor's reports. They relate to your life. They relate to relationships, reconciliation, um, or just a situation or experiencing that you're having. Wherever you find yourself, there is room for all of it. And I'm believing with you that it will come to pass. And I want to hear about it. Encouraging Your Spirit uh, podcast at gmail.com. I want you to write. If you see this podcast or hear it today, encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. I do read those emails and I want you to share with me what is it this week or in your life that you're believing for. I want you to write it down and I want to pray with you that you receive it because whatever that we ask, we do receive. That's all I got. I hope what I what it said encourages your mind, your spirit, and your heart. You be blessed. You have a great day. Peace.